Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many things you've already blessed us with this day. And now the opportunity to get back into your word, which is truly a blessing. Help us now as we do that to understand it, apply it in the right way, and draw close to you through the process. Thank you once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word guidance, if you will turn to the letter of Jude. And it's believed that this Jude is Judas, who changed his name to Jude after what Judas Iscariot wound up doing, and that he is the half-brother of Jesus Christ. As it reads, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. In other words, this is a letter going out to all the Christians to be sent out to the churches and some guidance in this letter. As it reads, Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith with which was once delivered unto the saints. Earnestly contend with. It means to fight for it, to stand solid, to stand on the truth that was delivered to the saints directly by Jesus Christ. It reads, For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. The infiltrators, the false teachers, the false prophets, the troublemakers, those that want to come in just create division. There's a lot of that that's been going on through all times. And the closer we get to the last days, we know the increase is going to be that much more. And we truly see it on the increase in this country. As it continues, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Pointing out the history of accountability for those that go against the Lord. Let them know that same thing is going to apply to those that resist the Lord now. And the angels which cut not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting change under darkness unto the judgment of the great day, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, are going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. The ungodly, abominable, perversions of the homosexuals, lesbians, and everything else they call themselves these days, basically perverts. Back then in Sodom and Gomorrah, they paid a horrible price, and they will continue to be paying for a horrible price for eternity, just as anyone else who follows in their same lifestyle will be paying for that for eternity. Because likewise also these filthy dreamers defile 
the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. It's interesting how this also rolls into what's going on today with the uprise and the resistance and the the anarchy that is being implemented. And right in the midst of all that, you see these sexual perverts. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. So we must always put it in proper context when it comes to our part in dealing with such ungodly folks. Turn him over to the Lord. Pray for them. But don't you yourselves, or we ourselves, I need to throw myself in that, we ourselves should not condemn someone. That's for the Lord to do, not us. Condemn their behavior? Yes, definitely. Tells us that over and over, but not to condemn them. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. Clearly, that applies that these ignorant folks, willfully ignorant folks, cut down and condemn Christianity. They don't know anything about Christianity. Because if they knew Christ, they would be a Christian. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Cori. Cori was the one that went up against Moses when they were traveling in the wilderness to the promised land and was swallowed up into the earth, down into fire. The resistance, those that go up against the Lord, the Antichrist, the ungodly, there will be accountability. They need to repent, turn away from that, ask for forgiveness, that the Lord may have mercy upon them. Verse 12, These are spots in your feasts of charity, when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of the winds, trees without fruit, withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of sea, foaming out of their shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved a blackness of darkness forever. That's a, a vivid description of the situation and of the condition of the ungodly out there. And as he pointed out right there at the beginning of that list of the ungodly was those that are the sexual perverts that are on the increase, that are being promoted, even being promoted to our children in the public schools and in Hollywood. And they truly are going to be paying a horrible price if they don't change their ways. Continuing in verse 14. And Enoch also, this seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their 
hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. That rolls right into the the so-called news media, so-called journalists and politicians. Reads, but beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. See, that's part of the key of it, their own ungodly lusts. The selfishness, they want to be perverted, they want to fulfill their ungodly lusts, and they love it when they get others to participate with it, to bring them in and have even more come in and be a part of their ungodly work. Just like Paul recorded over in Romans in chapter 1 in verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. That's why we see so much of this being taught and promoted to the children. They take pleasure when they can get more to come out and be a part of their perversion. Verse 17, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit, the Spirit being the Spirit of the Lord, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, speaking now to the Christians, to continuously pray, ask for strength, ask for courage, ask for boldness, ask for wisdom, to Get in there and help as many as we possibly can to shine the light into this dark world and share the love of Jesus Christ, even to these ungodly, immoral folks that he's speaking of here. We have quite a job ahead of us, quite an opportunity to try to reach these kind of folks. So let's get out there on the front lines and help as many as we possibly can before the judgment falls upon them. As it continues, verse 21, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. That's what I was just speaking of, that we need to, if we can, help some to come to the realization of the error of their ways. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of our of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Saviour, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Jude, right on target there, and that's some some teaching that we really need to share that pertains to the things that are going on today. And we'll be on the increase. 
but that really really rings true with the current situation in the world and it seems like especially in this country with the increase in these perversions and the promotion of such things from the earliest they can get to the children all the way through their lives trying to pervert them and pervert their ways and pervert their thinking they have infiltrated school systems they have infiltrated the political scene and the news media in Hollywood I mean it's throughout and they are even infiltrating the so-called churches a lot of work to do so let's get out there and keep at it and as he says there and of some have compassion making a difference and others save with fear pulling him out of the fire hating even the garment spotted by the flesh hate what they do not them though do not hate them just hate their behavior have compassion on them and try to reach them that's our task to do reach as many as we possibly can pulling them out of such perversions and horrible judgment that's going to fall upon them if they don't change their ways all right now let's roll on into the book of revelation the revelation also known as the apocalypse and it means revelation the word apocalypse means revelation and it was the revelation given to john by Jesus Christ when John was on the Isle of Patmos he was exiled for preaching the gospel instead of being crucified or killed he just exiled him to the prison island of Patmos and there he was given some instructions directly from the Lord and given some prophecy concerning the last days now there have been many many people study and try to interpret all of the book of Revelation but I dare say no one has ever known truly the full revelation of the book of Revelation because it doesn't apply to us currently in all of its prophecies. Some of the prophecies are definitely being fulfilled today, but the full fulfillment of the prophecies of the book of Revelation are going to take us all the way to the new heaven and a new earth and the eternal kingdom so there are things that the Lord has not yet revealed to us from the book of Revelation he gives us clearer and clearer understanding the closer it gets to the fulfillment of it and as it is being fulfilled there are things here that are only going to be understood by those that are participating in and going through the various stages of the last days such as the Battle of Gog and Magog, the Tribulation Time, the Millennial Period, and over into the Eternal State. So, I caution you to not strive too hard, or be too hard on yourself, I should say, if you find the book of Revelation being confusing. Because, as I said, the full understanding of the book of Revelation will be given to us at the appropriate time. Let's get right into Revelation chapter 1 here. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he 
sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace, from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, and to him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. So this prophecy given to John, this is the Apostle John, by way of the angel directly coming from Jesus Christ, by way of that angel to John, to us, as it continues. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. This coming here he's speaking of is when he comes at the end of, of the tribulation time. That's why the wailing is like, uh-oh, now comes the judgment. The ultimate eternal judgment. Verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ, the beginning and the ending. He spoke everything into existence, even time itself. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. In other words, because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, he was sent and exiled to the Isle of Patmos. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Now these churches, and these letters given to these churches, is what we're going to be studying here for a little bit. And it's the guidance that was given to these individual churches. Each one of them had particular situations that they were dealing with. And he addresses the the pros and the cons of their behavior and their church. And some have tried to apply this to time periods, dispensational time periods, saying that we are currently under the time period and the dispensation of the Laodicea church. But it can apply all the way back to exactly when this was given to those churches. They can all apply today. It isn't that you just got to look at the 
Church of Laodicea and say, okay, this is what's going on right now. Like I said earlier, nobody has a full understanding of all the things that are written in the book of Revelation. But we can learn from all of it when we continue to study it. So there are, there are things that are given to these seven churches that we all need to look at and see. Is, do they apply to our church or to ourselves now? And what are the changes that need to be made so that we can bring honor and glory to the Lord and be looking for a full reward? And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. In other words, appeared to be the image of Jesus Christ, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Now, everything in this vision that he is seeing here has a meaning. There's been a lot of teaching, a lot of speculation on what each one of the things means. But some of these are being revealed to him as he is continually being shown the vision. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying to me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Quite an experience that John is going through here. And he begins to continue teaching him, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. He has the keys. He has the authority because of his finished work. He spoke everything into existence, after all. It's all his. He can do with it as he chooses. And because of his finished work on the cross and suffering and dying and paying the price of all sins and all mankind, past, present, and future, gives him the authority and the right to judge, as he continues, write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which are, shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Now, this angels, you got to look at the use here. Here, they're using the word angels, which means messengers of God. And these are not celestial angels. These are identified as the leaders, pastors of the seven churches. And that's who he's speaking to there, unto the pastors of the seven churches. All right, let's get right on into it in chapter 2. Unto the angel of the church 
of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. He starts out with a compliment, identifying the things that they've got right, that they're doing right, and how they are on track. And then, in verse 4, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Clearly telling them to get back on track. They had fallen away from what they were supposed to be doing in all aspects as a church. Some of the things they had right, but not everything. So every church needs to look at themselves. Every organization or group, synagogue, church, needs to look carefully. Are there things that you have neglected to continue? This leaving the first love is leaving the work of the Lord, what he has called us to do, to spread the gospel. There are churches out there that have neglected the spreading of the gospel, neglected the true teaching of the Word of God, and have become basically social clubs. Bring in a big group and consider themselves righteous, doing good works in their eyes, but forgetting their first love, forgetting what the Lord called us to do, and that is to share the gospel, to spread the gospel, to win souls, and to stand solid on the Word of God, not to compromise, not to dilute the Word of God, not to open the doors to anything and everything. You must open the doors to all folks, yes, the ungodly, so they can come in and become godly, but not their behavior, not their activities, not their lifestyle. Open the doors to bring in the ungodly, yes, but not become associates in their behavior. We must stick with the truth that is found in the Word of God and not to waver from it. Verse 5 again, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen. It means look, find out, where have we lost it? Where have we pulled away? Where have we failed? Get back to the fundamental beliefs the solid foundation of Jesus Christ and His Word. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolotians, which I also hate. He's going back to another compliment here. Now you've got some things right. Keep those, but find out what you're doing wrong and correct that. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. That is so awesome. 
eternal life, part of the eternal kingdom coming to us. But if we get it messed up, if we get it wrong, we need to ask the Lord to give us clarification, to give us a revelation of where we are messing up and get it right and be an overcomer. Overcome the temptations of the world and stand solid on the Word of God. The guidance that we can receive from the Holy Ghost and studying His Word is what we need to apply. So pray that the Lord can reveal in us exactly what we are doing right as well as what we are doing wrong. So we can repent of the wrong, continue the right, and continue serving the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for the guidance that you give us through studying your word and through the indwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost. We really, really thank you for that. And help all of us stay hungry to dig deep into here to find that guidance that we need and get on the right pathway and stay on the right pathway and return to our roots of understanding that you have given us when you indwell us with the spirit of truth that comes into us. Thank you oh so much as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.